What's up, Zaw Nation? My name is Wyatt Troy, and I want to welcome you to episode 37 of Behind the Dot. With this episode, we're going to interview two friends, and in particular, Eli from Two Friends. But before we get into that, if you're new to the series, Behind the Dot is a podcast series where we interview artists, music producers, music industry experts, everyone else in between on an emotional, philosophical, artistic, and music business basis so we can get inside their heads, gather that best information, and bring it back to you so that you can keep progressing on your musical journey in whatever facet that you need. By the way, this is a companion podcast to our YouTube series, In The Daw, where we invite artists such as Mostep, Fox Stevenson, AU5, Said The Sky, and many others to come and dissect their songs in real time. If you're interested in that, there is a link in the description. Go ahead and click on that. But with all that being said, today we are interviewing Eli from Two Friends. If you don't know about Two Friends, you need to go check out their Instagram or their Facebook because they have some amazing content as far as super funny stuff that they post. It's really incredible for you to see the social media content that one should be putting out there to engage their audience. It's, it's really, really amazing. But Eli and Matt, who unfortunately could not be here today, they've been best friends since they were 12. And I can't, I just like, I can't get over their branding, man. It's hilarious. I really highly encourage you to go check it out and go check out their song Band-Aid, which is the song that is playing right now in the intro. That music video that they put out, it's hysterical. The dress up as old ladies. I'm going to be talking to Eli about that here in a second. So uh, what are we going to be talking about today? Today, we're going to be talking about why being funny has brought them more success than being serious and why they decided to do it, why they created a brand around humor to help push forth their music. So we're going to talk about how to actually find friends in the industry and then how to find the right friends in the industry. Making friends arguably isn't that hard, but making the right friends, friends that'll build you up, friends that are going to help you progress in the way that you desire to progress we're gonna talk about that. And then finally, we're gonna start something new. We're gonna have a unique music business tip each and every week. I'm gonna bring it up. I'm gonna talk about it with uh, the particular guest that we're gonna be interviewing. So this week, we're gonna talk about a resource called Spot On Track to help you get on Spotify playlists. Me and Eli talk about it. He says he's used it before and he says he loves it. So with all of that out of the way, I wanna remind you about the In The Daw and the Behind The Daw Patreon. I can't thank you enough if you are already a patron. You are the reason why this is going to keep going. And if you are not a patron, but you're thinking about it, I thank you for even thinking about it. Like seriously, that, that, that truly means the world to me. It's the lifeblood of this channel. It's what fuels and funds it so that we can keep bringing these amazing interviews to you and helping you along your path for free. If you're interested in joining the Patreon, which also, by the way, you get access to a private Discord community, there's a link down in the description. Go ahead and click on that. Also, if you have any suggestions for artists or songs for us to break down, there is a link in the description. It's the suggestions link. Go ahead and click on that and give us all the suggestions that you desire. And finally, there is a link in the description that is for private lessons. If you want electronic music, private lessons, or if you want social media marketing, private lessons to help grow your brand, link below. Check it out. Click on it. All those links will send you to the DotBot. It'll get you all set up. Also, bonus link. Down there is a link for Spot on Track, the thing that we're going to be talking about today. By the way, we're not even sponsored by them. There's no sponsoring. It's just legit. It's amazing. It is truly an untapped resource that not very many people know about. It's incredible. We're going to talk about it. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Behind the Daw. And without further ado, I want to introduce you to Eli from Two Friends. I want to welcome everyone to this week of Behind the Daw. We are honored, we are blessed to be able to meet with the one, the only, 
Eli from Two Friends. How you doing today, man? How's it going? Great to be here. It's been quite a struggle getting you on the show with kids. Not your kids, my kids. Yeah. <laughs> we have different kids. Anyways, doesn't matter. But nonetheless, I got some really deep questions for you this day. But I'm going to start off with some kind of funny questions to kind of get your mind going, get you in that deep mindset. And then we're going to yes. get the real deep. Does that sound good? That sounds great. Perfect. All right. So the first question I have for you, I got three questions to start you off with. The first question I got for you is, are stairs just a low resolution slide? Oh, wow. I have to say, that is an impressive first question. I don't think anyone's come out the gates so hot like that. <laughs> um, yes, I'm going to say yes. I love it. If you want to make it a slide, there's nothing stopping you from making it a slide and just going for it at the top of the stairs. And just <laughs> You know, just as kind of as a bonus question, what would be your favorite thing to go downstairs on to make it a slide? Are you kind of are you a mattress kind of guy? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go old school with just like a little like a cardboard, little piece of cardboard, just rough it. Why is it socially acceptable for you to sing to yourself, but it is not socially acceptable for you to talk to yourself. Is it is it socially acceptable to sing to yourself? I think so. Or do you mean like when 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 no one's looking, or even in public? Yeah, I'd say in public because you know there's been multiple times I've walked past people and I'm hearing them singing and I'm like, yeah, whatever, that's that's fine. You know, they're just kind of singing to themselves. You know, that's a good question. That's another one. I, I don't think I'm the authority to to speak on this. Such a deep question. If not you, then who, man? I can't trust anyone else. <laughs> the last question, and this is the pinnacle question. This is the question that's going to really, really get you in that deep mindset. You ready? Yes. Cool. So if a vampire takes his glasses and he, and he pops out one lens, and in place of that lens, he puts a mirror, so it's facing towards him. Because vampires can't see the reflection, then technically, because he has that lens, it would basically be a rear view mirror, right? He could basically just look behind right. him. Right, he could see through himself. What? That is genius. Full full 360 view. I'm going to let all the vampires I know about this. Yeah, yeah, hurry. Hurry. <laughs> it's a limited time. Thank you so much for coming on the show this day. You know, I got some really, really good questions for you. To start off with a really deep mindset, let's just get this out of the way because if we get this out of the way, then it kind of just opens it up for, for more deep conversation. But... What is the most embarrassing moment of your entire life? Like, I want you to get real brutal, real brutal. And so this is not just limited to, to music and two friends. This is, could be... It can definitely... I could give, give you one of each. I can give Perfect. You one of each. Perfect. I want one of each. I'll start. The one, the two friends one comes to mind super quick. Huh? You know what? It's actually more embarrassing for Matt, but I'm just going to throw him under the bus here. Huh. We, we had a show, I guess it was 2017. So last year, we did a little run with Matoma. Uh, where we opened up for him for like five shows and they at at the time they were like some of the biggest venues we had ever played um and so you know definitely was a little we were a little nervous going into it the first one was in chicago and then the very next night was in new york city and that new york city one was at terminal five which i think is like three thousand people and matoma sold it out so like it was at that point for sure the biggest show we'd ever done. Matt gets on the mic and I think what, what I think happened was he had kind of like he had written down some some ideas for like what how we should do our introduction and what we should say. But he obviously since the first show was in Chicago, he like planned everything he wrote down on his little like notepad or whatever was for Chicago. Ooh. And so he's he, you know we're backstage and he's just like looking at he's like okay yeah cool this is our this is how we should play the first song and this is what I'll say. But he forgot that to like adjust it. So we're in New York in front of 3,000 people. Very first song, Matt gets on the mic. What is up, Chicago? Oh my gosh. And, 
sometimes from on stage, it's actually kind of hard to hear the mic because the mic is kind of projected out to the crowd. So I actually had no clue that he did that. I was just <laughs> going about my business. And our agent who was at the show just casually comes on stage and taps us and is like, Matt, you know, you've been saying Chicago the whole time. <laughs> And we got some, we got some angry messages, which, which I thought was kind of funny. Like, um, I, I hope people realize, like, obviously that was a mistake. I don't think anyone would ever purposely do that to like, to spite you. But people were just like, you don't know, like New Yorkers, we've been through enough to like deal with this BS. <laughs> we're obviously sorry. Like it was a mistake. <laughs> so let me think what's the most embarrassing just for, I guess. All right. So this one, this one is always good one for just my my personal life senior year of high school in this tournament that uh do you know the the basketball game knockout i i don't but i trust so it's it it exists it does (laughs) exist um it's basically just like a game where you can play with anywhere from like three to ten people and they're all in a line and the person at front the person in front shoots and basically if the person behind you makes it before you do you're out until there's until until last man standing totally totally so um so i made it to the finals in front of assembly and this is in front of the whole school and i was the young i was the young or so i guess it wasn't senior because i know i was the youngest and the older kids were all everyone was so nervous i don't think we all realized <laughs> that it would just be put us on the spot in front of the whole school have to shoot you know have to play this game totally. and so all the all the older we were trying to figure out like who goes first because you're at a huge disadvantage if you go first because they could just get you out right away and then it's over and so everyone's like you go first you go first and then since i was the youngest they just forced me to go first i'm up there I airball my first shot. The guy makes it right after me. And just like that, it's over. Oh. And now I have to stand there in front of the whole school for the next like 10 minutes while the rest of them are actually competing. Oh. And it was not a fun day at school. Oh, man. <laughs> like, what do you do at that point? Do you just watch them? Do you just kind of I just had there? to. I just had to watch them. Just oh. be the one guy. Everyone else is like in the seats and the stands and I'm just there underneath the basket just cheering people on. Man, how did you recover from that traumatic experience? Oh, I didn't. I didn't. Does it still keep you up at night? It really does. I'm so sorry, man. All I right. got to say, I really don't think to to this day, I don't think I've ever played that game again. <laughs> I play basketball, but but not but not knockout. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever go back. Don't go back, man. You don't need to go back down that road. No more toxic relationships for Eli. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, man. So moving on to the next question now that we got that out of the way. What is the most unpopular opinion that you hold? I saw I actually saw one on Twitter the other day that I think I kind of agree with and it said like unpopular opinion i actually like airplane food what and you know what i'm gonna go with, i think what? there's something about there's something about that like you know usually when you're up in, especially on a long flight you probably i probably didn't have the foresight to pack any snacks so i'm I'm hungry and there's not many options and when they when they come and ask me if i want some food like it's actually not that bad yeah based on your reaction that sounds like it's pretty oh, unpopular. i asked that question to to um do you know um yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So I asked it to them. That's the unpopular question thing. And he says that he loves the middle seat on airplanes. No, no. And I'm no. like, no, that's too unpopular. That's a no-no. That's, that's a no-no. <laughs> you stop that. Cool, man. So the next question I got for you is, how was it being an old lady? I just watched that before we got in here. And it was a freaking amazing, dude. It, the whole experience overall, very, very fun. The actual sitting in the makeup chair for three hours, Ooh. not the most fun. Oh, <laughs> But I will say, we just had to do it for one day only. And that was the only time I've ever done anything like that. So like it was, I'm glad we did it. It was a unique experience, but if we somehow like didn't get the right shot and the director called us and needed us to come back 
the next day and do it all over again. I don't know how. And for those who don't know what we're talking about, so for their music video Band Aid, um, they dressed up as old ladies. It was like that is such a clever idea. So yeah, so it it actually it all started. Um, we were talking with the director who who's a good friend of ours that we worked with a bunch named Justin, and uh, basically the singer of of the actual song Band Aid was unavailable for the video, ah. and so we were thinking like. Uh, you know, it's kind of weird if it's just like another girl singing it, but she's not actually the singer. So we we're thinking like, okay, like maybe like, is there some sort of twist we could do where someone can be, you know, singing the song in the video, but it's not weird if it's not the real singer. So we're like, oh, what about if it's just like a, a grandma? That, that could be kind of funny. And we're like, oh yeah, like that's, that's an interesting twist totally. on it. And then, so the plan was, our, our, the director actually started doing the casting calls online and, and auditioning some, um, some some grandmas and i guess he was just he was a little worried that huh. they wouldn't fully be you know able to to do exactly what we were hoping to do with yeah. the choreography and the dancing so then we were just like you know what like why don't why don't we just do it um and <laughs> everyone loved the idea and we found uh he found some awesome makeup people that you know do a lot of like hollywood special effects makeup type stuff and uh yeah sat in a chair for three hours each I, I need to know. So I'm going to make cover art later for this interview. Do you want the cover art to be of you and Matt as old ladies, or do you want it to be? It, <laughs> it's totally your call. Cool, man. You're going to be. That's it. <laughs> it's been decided. What was the worst part about being an old lady besides the besides doing the makeup? Like, what was the worst part? So they also like stuffed our they stuffed our dresses to uh, <laughs> give us a bigger butt, uh-huh. and so that. I was just, it was just uncomfortable walking around, especially like dancing and like trying to keep it all from like, like there were a couple takes that we had to redo because <laughs> it was literally like, it was like a, a small little pillow in our butt that just like falls out in the middle of the scene. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so did, did you have to shave your legs for that? So that was a discussion where <laughs> the director, I, at first he wanted me to, and I was willing to, I was, I, I'm down to, you know, I'm down to, to go all out. But I think then we kind of just realized like, there's, there weren't going to be a ton of close-ups where you would actually really see my legs or my arms. And like, I could if I wanted to, but it was kind of unnecessary. So I opted not. Uh, that was a good choice. A very manly choice of you to, <laughs> to keep that. So flipping that question on its head, though, if you, in fact, were an old lady, in fact, you were a grandma and you had a bunch of grandkids, what would be something that your grandkids would do that you're like, man, I'm so proud of those guys. I love that. You know what I mean? We're just like, I'm so proud of them. That's a good question. You have kids. I don't have kids, so I've never, I've never really felt that uh, that sense of of pride for my my uh, my offspring. You tell me what what's what's something that your kids do that makes you super. I'm flipping the question on to you. Yeah, uh, like on a real sense, I think what makes me happy with my kids is that is, is like when they're sweet. You know what I mean? When they're like sweet, right? Like, when they when they're just nice to other people. Yeah, for, like I yeah. I remember just like this one time I was really really sick like like 6 months ago, like really sick. Like I was in tears and like my daughter came up to me and she just kind of like hugged me and like petted my shoulder. She's like, "Hey, you okay? I love you." You know like like when it's something like like I know that's we were kind of it's kind of a funny question, but like that's a sincere answer is like when they're just so loving. Yeah, like, no, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Especially when it's kind of just like on their own instead of you kind of asking them to be polite or whatever. exactly compelled to be humble as opposed to choosing to be humble yeah exactly the music video and plus you guys is branding if, if people haven't seen your instagram or your facebook or whatever I highly encourage people to go check that out just because like you guys have so many funny like little videos or, or, or pictures and stuff like that so you know the branding that you have with two friends is uh is very funny 
you guys are funny people and i like that you know it's, Thank you. it's very needed in this industry you know everyone has like their their blacked out cover cover art you know what i mean they're too serious and they're looking off in the distance i mean everyone needs that but like you guys are funny and it's just like it's a it's like a breath of fresh air you know so what problems have you ran into with being funny you know like 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 for example has there been like a business thing where you had to sit yeah well it's kind of funny like we've when we first joined up with our managers that we've been with for now it's i think close to like four years this was all like a this was all one of the very first conversations where they were a little worried that we were that we were like too silly (laughs) um and looking back i think we were at the time i think we were a little over the top and like forcing it a little too much like i know we had an old profile picture where we had the we were wearing like tuxedos with bow ties but then we had um you know those like uh propeller hats <laughs> that ha- that have like a little thing you could spin on the top and they're like yeah. rainbow colored we had those and so th- and it's funny that what you mentioned earlier about it if you, you know, everyone's a little too serious because so then we kind of they kind of were they were encouraging us a little bit to to kind of go that route and so we did a photo shoot where we're wearing like leather jackets and you know like super serious and that just felt even that felt even worse than being too silly so yeah. then you know i think we kind of tried to find find that balance of like we don't want to force anything we don't want to force being too silly we don't want to force being too serious and i think we you know the the awesome thing is just like man and i have been best friends since we were 12 mm-hmm. and so like it really is you know it we're just genuine friends doing fun stuff together the past couple years have obviously gotten a little little crazier than what it used to be when we just hang out and in high school and middle school but um but yeah i mean we're just when we when we joke around that's just that's just literally two friends just messing around with each other totally um and i think kind of kind of realizing that that people are you know do kind of react to um authenticity i think is very that's very true you know they could kind of tell when you're when you're forcing it or if you're you know trying to be someone that you're not in in that regard you know like kind of on the business aspect is there, is there been a time where like you know like you guys were going to get booked for a show or you know for a collaboration or for this or for that but because you guys were quote unquote funny you got turned down for it i don't think so I, i'm trying i don't think there's any specific i mean honestly the if that did happen we probably wouldn't even know about I guess it. That's it would true. probably it would probably go on you know behind closed doors where they're like nah these guys are too too silly yeah not that i could think of if anything i think it's been been helpful when people you know people reach out and they're just like you know we we love we love your vibe let's let's make something happen absolutely uh are you familiar with uh the podcast entrepreneurs on fire i am not okay i highly encourage anyone to go check that out interviews entrepreneurs that are you know unique and whatnot and one of the very last episodes i just listened to is a guy that has built his entire career his entire empire off being funny so any cold email he sends out he uses humor any you know any business relationship he uses humor and he says it's been like massively successful that that definitely happens with us too where you know we get we have a promo email where people can send us demos and you know new music and it's you know it gets absolutely flooded so we do sometimes get pretty far behind and not the best at at checking and answering Mm -hmm. people but the way to stick out like the people that you know have made an impression are the ones that kind of put in more effort and like specifically like there's these two guys that we're super good friends with now the lost boys and Uh, that's it started from a cold email where like the subject line and the the body of the email was just super up our alley our humor Hmm. you know you could tell it was like individually written for us and that's just i don't want to say like you need to do that but that's just like if you're going to put in the effort then we'll try our best to put in the effort to to you know respond as well um especially because because you know we went through that too um when you know when we're starting out we we felt it was super important to 
instead of just, you know, blasting copy and paste emails. I'm not saying you need to start from scratch every email you do. Yeah. You can copy and paste certain parts, but, uh, but, you know, make it a little personalized. Try to find out the person's name, not just, you know, to whom it may concern. Um, <laughs> and, and then not only that, but that one, you know, if they do reply, try to, you know, try to build that relationship and yeah. actually get to know them. Um, and then it gets to the point where you're just like, we have all sorts of people within the industry where we're just, you know, we're, we're casual friends now. It's not, it doesn't feel like such a professional relationship with flipping the situation on its head. Is there ever a time where you were almost required to be funny or required to be on brand, but, be, but maybe you had some personal stuff going on in your life and you was like, you almost had to force it. And yeah, I think sometimes it, I think probably like after a show, if there's a interview or if, if, yeah, if we're doing, if we're doing something with, with press and they're just like, like, no, you got, you know, be, yeah, it's, it's always, I'm sure this applies to all everyone where whenever someone tells you to be funny, it's very hard to just oh, be funny. I, I don't think there's ever been a time where it's been so drastic that we're like super bummed out and we need to force ourselves to do it. But, um, but yeah, you know, there's definitely times where someone has a camera in their face and they're like, tell a joke. And it's just like, if, you know, it might not be coming to us at that moment. And then that just kind of makes it awkward for everyone. Uh, the, you know, the, the only thing. I think it's not really about being funny. I guess it's more just about like certain shows where one of us is like super sick and like, you know, had just literally thrown up 10 minutes yeah. before the show starts. But, you know, it's really important to us during our shows. We need to be high energy and smiling and getting people into it. So like you kind of just in that 60 or 90 minutes or whatever, you know, however long we're playing for, like you got to just power through it. And then as soon as we're done, go go backstage and whatever you know do what you got to do but uh there are certain times in life when you have to meet those commitments and you do have to exactly you have to just kind of how you said like put your head down and just power through it exactly which kind of sucks but you know what sometimes you have to have that ability to be able to do that so and, and i think there's there's such an adrenaline rush with what we do that as if you could power through the first five minutes usually then it's it's a little easier you know everyone's having fun the show's going well you're you're into it like you, you almost forget what's going on and then you kind of come back to earth a little bit after really quick uh we're coming to the middle of the interview right now so we're going to start doing a new thing where it's um i give you a music business tip uh for the listeners and for you too you know maybe you don't know what i'm about to tell you eli so uh just so you know what i'm going to recommend right now i'm not sponsored by in any fashion so this is just a genuine recommendation yeah recommendation so there is a website it's called spot on track you ever heard of that before? yes like, yes i'm very familiar okay yeah. perfect so for those who don't know what it is i'm completely surprised about how many people who don't know what it is it's amazing uh if you want to do really really well on spotify you know to get a lot of plays you have to be able to leverage playlists so what uh spot on track really specializes in is that you can take any song even your songs but you know songs that you're related to you can go in there you can type it in put it in a, a you you URL in there and it will show you what playlist that song is in. Then you can start doing some reverse engineering to try and get in contact with your, those curators and so on and so forth. So not only that, there's a bunch of other functions on spot on track. Again, I'm not sponsored by them. This is genuine. This is like, I found this. I'm like, this is insane. Like, you, I said everything like, you just said. I, I second that completely. Yeah. Super helpful for us. And really quick before we stop this, uh, this, this music business kind of part of it, you know, do you have any really unique business tips for, for people that are trying to get you know, a lot of plays are out there or whatnot. Yeah, I mean, if we're sticking on the theme of, of the Spotify playlist, then yeah, exactly what you said, I think is is super helpful. Um, you know, a lot of the, the big playlists, unfortunately, kind of have become pretty hard to like actually reach out and connect on a personal level with the curators, mm -hmm. especially the ones that are kind of 
curated by Spotify employees. Indeed. But there, there's a lot, a lot that are kind of more on the ground level. And yeah, I mean, if you go on Spotify, usually in the in the description of the playlist, you know, it'll have their name or a lot of them even can put their, their email or a way where you could submit. And even if you think that, you know, oh, this playlist only has a thousand followers, that's not going to really move the needle at all. What is important is just literally the, the number of playlists you're in is a big factor in Spotify's uh, algorithms, I guess, too. So, so even if that individual playlist is not really doing much, if you have 20 of those, that, that's, a, you know, that's a good indicator for, for Spotify to see, oh, you know, like, yes, these aren't huge playlists, but a lot of real people are, uh, are adding this song to their playlist. Let, let's check it out and, and see, what, see if you know, we can give some extra support. I literally can't agree more. You know, a lot of people, they get, they get caught up. Hey, I need to get on these big playlists. Though the big playlists are important and they will help you drive it. Something that is equally as important is a lot of micro influencers. People right, who are exactly. Defined, yeah, people who are defined as micro influencers, at least in a broad sense, you know, people that have less than 50,000 followers on a, on a playlist. It's really important that because the ratio of engagement to followers gets higher with micro engage, or micro influencers than it does with macro influencers. So you may get on a playlist that has a million followers, but you can also get on a bunch of other playlists that maybe only have like 30,000 30, followers and each one of them counts. You know, it's all, it all, it's all compounding. Exactly. And going off that, if you do get on that playlist with a million followers, but people aren't really reacting, you kind of blow your chance because now Spotify can see why is everyone skipping this song when it comes on in this playlist? Indeed. That, that must mean the song is no good. Let's get it out of here. Versus the flip side is... If you get on those, you know, more like, you know, real people playlists, I guess, and people are responding well, then the opposite happens where they're like, huh, no one's skipping the song. Everyone keeps repeating it or coming back to it or saving it to their to their library. That must mean it, it, people really like it. Now exactly. let's throw it in these other ones. Exactly, exactly. Eli, thank you for, for shedding this Spotify wisdom. I know that's on everyone's mind, especially for the last couple of years. So now kind of exiting the music business door and coming back to the kind of the deep thing. So I wanted to talk about, you know, your guys's music, because, you know, if we look at your brand, it's very funny, uh, very humorous, but then, you know, your music isn't necessarily funny. It's more, it's more like feel good or, or emotional, you know, kind of deeper on that sense. So how do you, why, why, why do that? Why have the two, the two different feelings, so to say? I think that it's something that I don't think we really thought too much about in terms of like, we didn't really sit down and one day go, okay, what should our music sound like and be like, it kind of just is, um, you know, it's kind of just naturally when we sit down and start writing, um, that just kind of tends to, to, to end up feeling like that. I think if the songs are too silly, it, it almost is just a little too gimmicky. Mm. Yeah. You know, obviously, yeah, with our like social media and some of our branding, we are funny, but you know, when it comes down to it, we just, the the reason we first started was all about the music. A lot of times we'll you know we'll write about stuff that's very personal to us, or it'll be maybe not necessarily exactly specific to us, but we'll really try to put ourselves in in someone else's shoes and write from that perspective. And yeah, I think a lot of a lot of what you hear if you listen to our music is just kind of based on what we enjoy ourselves and what we you know what we took from all sorts of influences growing up. And, and it's been cool to see, I think, you know, the best type of feedback to hear is kind of when, when we can show someone a song, this is really cool, it, it sounds new and fresh, but there's still that, that hint of two friends. 
Mm-hmm. And for people to, to, you know, pick up on that more and more has been really cool. And I think that's just kind of, that's a result of, um, you know, we, we, we write our, our own songs and Matt usually is playing guitar in most of them. We work with, um, we have a couple, like we have a saxophonist and a trumpet player that we work with a lot for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the themes we, we tend to write about end up, you know, kind of fitting in the same universe. So, yeah, I think, I think that's just kind of the type of music we like listening to and the type of stories we like to tell. Um, and it kind of just ends up going in that direction. Yeah. So kind of what I what I picked up from that is basically that, you know, when it when it came to the branding side and when it came to the music side, you you felt that the branding side, you just naturally felt like, hey, we want to exemplify our personalities in the branding side where it's like, you know, we want to be funny. And then on the music side, you felt like these are these are the songs of our soul. This is this is what we want to create. And so naturally it wasn't planned out. It just it just happened in a non-toxic, a non, how do I say, just like a natural way, right? It's just, this is you guys. Yeah, no, exactly. And and obviously, you know, there's a lot of different facets to every person. So, you know, it's not like we're always in a silly mood. Of course. Um, So speaking of that, you know, you're not always being in a silly mood. You know, if you could pick one song that you guys have created that truly exemplifies like your barren intimate authentic soul like you you know like this is like the auditory version of who you truly are what's what song or songs would that be the, the first one while you're while you're asking the first one that came to mind honestly is one that we're just finished up and gonna release in about a month i want to say so i don't know when this is getting posted but it mm-hmm. seems like the, the song will come out at, at towards the end of november got it um and it's called with my homies and huh. And yeah, I mean that you might even be able to tell from the title. That's a song, you know. I don't want to give away too much, but it's kind of just about like the two of us growing up together. With you know, we had we were in such a close knit group of friends that we we still are so tight with them. And luckily, um, most of them still live in LA where we live. That's where we all uh, we all grew up in LA too. Um, and it's kind of just a song about not dealing with any fake BS and any you know any shallowness and all the stuff on the periphery is kind of just if, if we're with our friends and we're with each other, that's all we need. Yeah, um, that's fantastic. And, and I think, I, I don't know if I want to say that is the only thing that, you know, defines us, but I think that's one of our, one thing that, that just felt, felt that feels uh, really honest with, with us. And that was one that, yeah, that we, that we just wrote together in, in the basement and where we're just like, you know, usually songs like that just start from like natural conversations where, and then, like, all of a sudden you hear a phrase and you're like, oh, wait, like, you know, the light bulb goes off. Like, yeah. wait, that phrase is like, that. that's a song title right there. And so I don't, I wish I knew exactly what we were talking about, but I'm pretty sure it was just, you know, we're talking and one of us is just like, blah, blah, blah with my homies. And it's like, whoa, whoa, stop, stop, stop. Like, let's drop what we're doing and let's write the song now. Nice. And that's kind of happened. That's happened with, with a bunch of the songs that we've, that we've written. You know, I was, I was watching the interview. I think it was with your EDM, right? Is that the one that you guys did? With, we've definitely done some stuff with okay, them. Okay, okay, gotcha. And, but, it, but it was very like, a lot of the questions were like, you know, like it, it was kind of like making fun of your and Matt's friendship, right? Was that, was that the interview? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not in that sense, you know what I mean? Because like, I, I've had best friends that people were like, whoa, dude, you're just way too close with them. And I'm like, no, dude, we're just like super tight homies, you know? You know, I, I guess the question that I want to ask is, what has been an experience that you've had with Matt where it's like, you know what, this proves that you're a really good friend. Like you're a really good friend. And this, this really exemplifies why you're a really good friend. All right. I'm going to give a, 
be funny example of right. just on the on, on the very very you know the 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 simplest clearest way when we sleep over when we used to sleep over at each other's houses in like middle school the guest gets the real bed and the uh, host sli- sleeps on the floor i like to think of that as that, that, that sums us up what a homie <laughs> but let me let me think of other examples i mean i mean i think we just we're at this point now we're like we're with each other so much you know not only we would have been with each other we would have been hanging out a lot no matter what just because any group of best friends does that and you know matt and i we're uh, we don't we're i'm not just like saying this to to force a, a cool pr angle or whatever like <laughs> matt was one of my very first friends in seventh grade we were best friends from seventh through all you know all, until now obviously but all throughout high school and middle school we didn't even work on music until the very very end of high school so the first six years five and a half years that i knew him like we were just we're just friends um and so now that we now that we also do music together and we're with each other every day working on music and then on the weekends traveling for shows it's like at this point it's just like we can almost you know read each other's minds and like we're we if we ever do get in like arguments it's like we 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 know that it's it's because the other person does feel passionate about something and like it it would never just be to argue or because you're in a bad mood or whatever it's like so if if there's something we disagree with, you know, that's important to us because that means that that one of us is, you know, has where we've really thought about it and one of us feels strongly that and we we give each other, you know, an opportunity to to really lay it out and we're very, you know, civil and I, I think we kind of just we we always at this point we we know kind of our, our strengths, our weaknesses, what certain things are in my wheelhouse and more in his or what it requires definitely both of us need to do it together and it, yeah i mean it's just kind of like it's a great it's a great system where it doesn't feel like we're co-workers that need to keep a professional relationship you know we can mess with each other and prank each other and you know call each other out when when they're when we're when we're doing something that, that seems fake or weird or whatever so it's just it just it just works I love that, dude. And, you know, for those who are listening, I just want you to really think about that whenever you bring anyone onto your team, whether it's, you know, uh, your duo or whether bringing on a manager or whether bringing in just a friend or a girlfriend or a wife or, you know, whatever you guys are bringing into onto the table, you need to have the kind of relationship that 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 um, that Eli's talking about right here, because. You know, if you if if you have to fake who you are, if you have to fake anything, if you have to stress about how to bring up a problem, if you have to, you know, c- conform to anything other than who you are, it's just like that's true, and, and that's exactly what you're saying. Like, if if we have a problem, we're not worried about how to like eloquently address it so that we you know don't hurt the other person's feelings and like go about it in like an HR type of way. We're just like I've known this guy since he was 12 years old, so I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say it and he knows that it comes with love and even if it comes out a little harsh or whatever like he, he knows that i didn't i'm not doing it you know he knows he knows everything that i'm exactly. trying to do so right. i think that kind of just lets us be a little more efficient we don't we can just get right to the to the heart of everything um mm-hmm. and kind of know where each other's coming from i completely agree and you know personally i kind of feel like this you know bringing people onto your team isn't bringing the right kind of ingredients so to say is one of the greatest tragedies inside of the music industry. And so one of the questions I want to ask is, what's your opinion on what is one of the greatest tragedies, so to say, inside the music industry that no one really wants to talk about? You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, this is a reality in, in our business, but no one wants to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, I guess the, the one that kind of comes to mind first, which which luckily I, I don't think is 
as like pervasive as sometimes it does seem. Overall, I think this industry is way more positive than, than sometimes kind of gets credit for. The, obviously, the negativity sometimes kind of rises to the top and people want to talk about it and write articles about it. But overall, I, I just want to start by saying the, the people we met and the friends we made for, you know, 90% are just great people who are in it for the right reasons and very friendly and super collaborative versus competitive, which I think is, is, a, is a huge thing for, for a lot of industries can't really say that where we root for your success because your success probably can help our success because, you know, if, and that's kind of what happened even on like a broad level in, in the U S with dance music is you, you want certain people to, to get recognition. And then, you know, if they're getting something like if Zed and the Chainsmokers are getting songs on the radio, that's great because now it opens everyone's eyes and they want to hear more. And then they come, you know, digging and then maybe they find out. So like just starting by saying that, that overall it's positive, but I guess, yeah, there, you know, there's definitely, I, I guess, I don't know. It's just, I don't know if people use this term, but kind of just like, you know, the, the clout chasers who might not be in it for the right reasons, might not be focusing as much on the actual music and yeah. chasing the, the money and, you know, I guess fame. Um, and sometimes that can kind of, kind of leave a bad taste in your mouth. But even if we do encounter that, we just kind of stay away from it. So mm -hmm. it doesn't really affect us. You know, it's pretty obvious for if we get introduced to someone in this industry, it's pretty obvious almost right away. Like, are, is this person a, a nice guy or are they kind of just aggressive and in it for the wrong reasons? And we just kind of won't, won't really associate ourselves too hard with, with those type of people. And instead we'll kind of just find the people that, that, we're just kind of naturally attracted to just because they're fun to hang out with and they have the same uh, same goals and, and same mindset. And like I've said, you know, earlier, just there, there are some really great friends that we've made. You know, it, they start out as like, you know, oh yeah, this is my music friend, and now it's just, oh yeah, this is my friend. Final final question I have for you is, uh, you know, it's gonna have a little bit morbid beginning, but trust me, it's it's gonna be good. So let's say you're dead. So let's say you're dead and it's your funeral, but you were able to somehow attend your funeral, right? And as your family, your friends, your associates and, and, and whatnot are coming up, they're taking a final look at you, you know, at the, at the Eli they knew and loved, you know, what do you want them to be saying about you? This is a good one. The, the, a big, a big thing for me from, from everything I've done since I was younger, growing up and hopefully within music too, but and all relationships that I have is just, just hopefully making people experiences and days and interactions just hopefully a little better than what they started at. So, and and when when I say I, I want that with music too, is like all we can ask for is you know if you're having a, a bad day and then you put on our song and that can cheer you up, that just that means the world to us. And even if it's a tiny bit, like knowing that that we can make that that impact is just that's that's what drives us for real um because you know everyone's been in that situation and i know you know when like there i know the certain things that that can can cheer me up and like that's just huge to 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 have in your life and so i think that's with music and just with relationships if i if you know if i can be if if i could go go to grab lunch with you and then that that makes it like a, a fun day for you that i know that sounds like just a simple thing but that's really that's really all i'm trying to do um, and I think that's just kind of, you know, always in the back of our head when we're, when Matt and I are, are working on, on 
music and when we're playing shows and stuff is just just take a deep breath realize how lucky we are to, to be doing what we're doing and for instance when we finish a show rather than dart right back to the green room and go back to the hotel like we stick around until the very last person say hi and get a picture because we know that like to us what's an extra five minutes of hanging around yep. but if if to them if, if grabbing a picture is you know if that that puts a smile on their face and they're excited and they want to you know show their friends and post it on Instagram. Like the fact that we can provide even that slightest little bit of joy and of uh, excitement, like that's huge. Perfect, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Did you have a good time? I had a great time. That's Thank fantastic. you for having me. I wish Matt could be here too. I, he's He's been feeling a little under the weather and I'm actually meeting him in Kansas because I'm in New York and he's in LA, but Got it. he sends his best. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, as a final, final question, would you recommend producers, music industry people, all that kind of stuff. Would you recommend Behind the Dot to them? Do you think this is a good resource for them? Would recommend 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Oh man, that's that's good. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much, dude. Well, is there anywhere that you want people to go to partake of your content, you know, anywhere specific like Spotify or iTunes? Or um, I think, you know, anywhere if you if you search two friends or two friends music on any streaming platform or social media platform you should be able to find us and check us out and hopefully we'll uh, see you on the road hey Daw nation hope you enjoyed this episode of behind the Daw with eli from two friends hope you learned a lot about gaining friends about why it's okay to be funny to be yourself in the industry maybe you're not funny maybe you're more serious it's okay whatever you are that's what you need to be in this industry that's what this industry needs all right we need variety authenticness. If you're interested in spot track, what we were talking about, go ahead and click the link in the description. I'll send it over to you. Also, there's links for the Patreon. Uh, if you have suggestions for artists to come on the show, or if you want private lessons all there, um, if you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud or Spotify or Deezer or Google play or wherever you're listening to, please like comment, subscribe, repost, whatever is appropriate on the particular platform that you're listening to. It helps us know that what we're doing is legitimate. It actually is helping you. Um, also, if you have any uh, comments about you know what you liked or what you didn't like, please let us know. You can comment in any of the platforms that you're listening on, or you can send me an email at wyattinthedaw.net. You know, whatever you want, we're here for you. We want to make this the best podcast as possible for you to keep growing. Um, with that being said, hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Behind the Daw. We'll catch you next week. All right, Daw Nation, talk to you later.